go. What? Sorry, some technical difficulties there. What is going on, everyone? We are back. We were off last week because we didn't really want to do a show in the middle of the playoff rounds. And plus, Garth, it worked out perfectly because this Tuesday is the night after the last round one game last night. Game seven between the Devils and the Rangers. Uh, we've got a very special guest coming on in a little bit to talk about his Devils. Uh, before we do get into that, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Um, <laughs> very bittersweet, Noah. Obviously, as you guys can see, sporting the Tampa Bay Lightning hat as always. Uh, we unfortunately did get knocked out, but at least, you know, it's it couldn't be to a better team because one, you know, the Maple Leafs, absolutely fantastic team. Like, I'm no fan of them, but that roster is really, really good, especially that forward core. Um, mm-hmm. And then two, obviously getting the monkey off their back, Noah, as we'll talk about later on in the night. Um, and we still played really, really tough. It wasn't like we just got swept or blown out. We took them to the wire in game six almost forced a game seven, um, you know, and two, finally our guys get some much needed rest, a full off season ahead of them instead of a very short, short one. So, you know, obviously bummed out that my lightning lost, but still excited as ever to get on here, talk some playoff hockey. There are other teams in the NHL, other teams that I do like other players that I do like. So really excited mm-hmm. to talk some hockey in general tonight. Yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, some major upsets as well that we're going to get into. A um, couple comments coming in already. Fawn saying, this is what happens when I'm officially a Rangers fan. Go Kraken now. Um, of course, Garth with the good old Ric Flair. Woo! This, this is going to be a good one. And our buddy Josh Lanyo hasn't been in here in a while. says, what's up, boys? What's the difference between the ugly chick and the thrashers? Even the ugly chick scores every once in a while. Um, that one hits close to home, obviously, because I am I am a Georgia guy. But um, enough about the Thrashers. Uh, like I said, we got a very special guest coming on tonight. He's a Devils fan, so obviously he's over the moon after they, dare I say, boat raced the New York Rangers last night. A 4 nothing shutout. Um, one of our longtime guests, Devils superfan, Ray Leo. And can I just say, Ray, that is the most perfect name for a New Jersey fan ever. I cannot think of a more fitting name for a New Jersey guy. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Oh, pure relation tonight. You know, it's been 11 years of uh, when we get there, we get there almost. And uh, now the team's final year. So, uh, you know, excited to see what this team's going to do and, and where, where, they continue to, where they continue to go. So, uh, mm-hmm. super excited. Uh, couldn't be happier for this team. Absolutely, and um, it's good to have you on the show because, you know, you've watched pretty much every one of our shows, but this is our first time kind of talking, you know, face-to-face pretty much. So it's going to be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. Um, We'll get into it in a second. But, yeah, um, Devils beat the Rangers in seven games, and kind of a weird series, Ray, because I got to say, it was like one of the most bipolar series I have ever seen. Like, in the first two games – the Rangers looked like they were the team that won 65 games, right? Not the Bruins. I mean, they just absolutely steamrolled you guys. And then I think that game three was really pivotal, that overtime game where when Schmidt came in. Because let's be honest, if, if the Rangers win that game right, they go up 3 nothing. I mean, it's series over pretty much. Sure. But to get that win, then you rebound in game four and five and, you know, really dominated the game five particularly. Game six didn't go great. And then game seven, it's, it's just like, I, I don't know what was going on with the Rangers. It was like, in games one, two, and six, they're phenomenal. And all the other games, they just, 
I don't know what they, I, it's, I think it's a stress to say they even looked like an ECHL team in those games with how bad they were playing. Um, but before we get in the series, uh, one thing we do like to do with, you know, our new guests that, you know, our fans might not know too much about yet is kind of get some intro on you. So yeah. how'd you become a Devils fan? You know, favorite memories or whatnot, favorite players, you know, just kind of how you got into being, you know, a diehard Devils fan. Yeah, so uh, the De- so the Devils happened to move to New Jersey the year that I was born. So it's been since 1982. Mm-hmm. I was six months old when I went to my first game. Uh, and I've, I mean, obviously don't remember that, but I've been a fan ever since. And, and it's always been uh, the number one sport that I watch, whether it's the Devils or uh, able to enjoy a late night hockey game. And, uh, and, you know, in terms of memories, I mean, God, there's been so many over the last 40 years, but. Specifically, I remember being at a triple overtime game where Grant Marshall scored the game-winning goal right in front of where we were sitting. So uh, that was that was a pretty cool moment. You know, the Cubs and everything were were amazing. There's been a lot of great teams, um, but actually seeing that in person, I think, was uh, a little bit different because it, you got uh, a real effect of, of what it was like in. And after sitting there for almost six hours as well, too, it sure felt good that they won that game. So uh, that's certainly one of my best memories. That's how I became a fan. And, you know, this this is the only thing that I love more than this team in this world is my mother. And, and that'll never change. All right, Garth. I, I just realized you're called Tom, so we're going to remove this <laughs> overlay. I, hey, man, I told you I set up this entire show like in an hour because I had no time to do it otherwise. So, um but yeah, no interesting stuff, and you know the Devils' first playoff series win in eleven years since two thousand twelve, and obviously, no twenty twelve is a pretty good run for them, going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, so if they can do that again, that'd be great. But yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you know, I'm a Pens guy. Obviously, the Devils are a team that have been thorns in our side, shall we say, for quite a long time. But they are also one of those franchises you kind of respect, like all the legends they've had. I mean, obviously, Marty. Uh, Patrick Elish, Elias was one of my favorite players, you know, uh, Scott Stevens, Niedermeyer. I mean, they just had so many great players. And I, I remember um, one of the very first hockey games I watched actually when I was getting into sport was that game six Eastern conference finals Henrik, it's over. And, you know, stuff yeah. like that, man. And, and Coble Chuck, I just, I love that guy. That guy was an absolute oh. monster. They've had some, some great players over the years, but like you said, you know, Younger core this year, I mean, I don't think many people, probably not even Devils fans for the season, thought they'd even make the playoffs, let alone do as great as they've done, and 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 now won a playoff series. Um, I know, you know, hold our hands up here. Garth and I both picked the Rangers to win this year. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I guess we kind of – Oh, believe me, I didn't forget that. Yeah, no, I, I know you didn't. I saw, I saw your comment when you released that, but, hey – I guess we, you know, jinx the Rangers in a way, so th- that makes it better, I guess. But let's get into the series more specifically. We kind of went over it a little bit earlier, but, you know, you guys went down 2 nothing in the series, and it wasn't looking good, but you got that game three overtime win. You then won three straight to get to a 3-2 series lead going back to MSG. The Rangers won that, and then obviously won uh, game seven last night. I guess the, the first most obvious talking point is the goalie change, uh, putting in Akira Schmidt, in game three, replacing Vanacek. And I mean, you know, this guy was just absolutely unbelievable. What was it? Two shutouts. I saw the stats. It was like a 950 save percentage, something ridiculous like that. Um, whereas Vanacek was getting lit up. Now, 
I'll start with you on this one, Garth, before we get into Ray's thoughts. Um, did you have any particular takeaways from this series? I mean, obviously the Schmidt thing was big, um, but I thought Hughes was really good as well. Palat, your guy, w- was crucial as well. Hamilton uh, had an OT game winner in game three. And I got to say, the Devils' defense was absolutely incredible in this game. I watched most of the game seven last night. There was no point in that game where I thought, man, the Rangers look really threatening. The Devils are in trouble here. It felt like they had the game completely under control um, from start to finish. They just needed to get a goal in because it was scores through most of the second. And then once they got one, it's kind of like, all right, they can just lock this down now. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is obviously a huge change in net that paid off massively for them. Uh, Schmid was huge for them in the series. Like you said, no, I think the defense played really, really well. And also, more specifically, the PK, especially late in those last few games, especially last night to actually close out the series. Absolutely phenomenal job on the PK by them. And then Mm -hmm. really just offensively, a lot of guys across the board chipping in. It wasn't like a one-man show by any means, but definitely Hughes, I think he did a fantastic job in his first playoff series. So, you know, a guy I personally really like, he's from right here locally, the Orlando area. So that was really cool to see. Uh, obviously, we talked about it before we hopped on here real quick. They've got my guy that Tampa Bay misses dearly and would do anything to have back, at least from the fan standpoint. And Andre Palat showing why he's uh, the franchise leader for the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, game-winning goals in the postseason because he didn't he didn't score any goals last night, but he definitely was very active and a huge part uh, of some key goals for the New Jersey Devils to close out that series. Uh, he sure he did well as, as well, you know, just like I said, it was really kind of a collective effort there offensively. I thought a lot of players played good across the board. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm looking at their stats right here real quick. Uh, playoff stats. I mean, first of all, you know, like I said, Schmid was phenomenal. 951 save percentage, 1.38 goals against average, two shutouts is just absolutely ridiculous. You compare that to Vanacek, 827, 443. I mean, the difference is just astronomical. Um, Eric Hall, four goals, six points. You mentioned Hughes and Pilat. Um, he sure as well, another guy, five points. And, you know, he's obviously a guy m- more known for his defense. Um, I, and, and what's most impressive, I think, Ray, is that the, the Devils did this without much from Timo Meyer, who was kind of their big trade acquisition. Didn't really do much this series. But, um, yeah, you know, we'll turn to you on this one. I mean, uh, looking at the results over the series, some solid victories. Um, you know, there's the overtime win, 3-1 in game four, two shutouts, uh, both 4 nothing in game five and seven. Um, obviously didn't get off a good start. Uh, when you guys went down 2 nothing, you know, what were your thoughts? Were you just thinking, you know, let's just try and get some respectability back in the series, try not to get swept or whatnot? Or did you still think they had a chance to come back and win it at that point? My first thought was get the golf clubs out because it did not look good. I mean, they looked listless, like they didn't want to be there, and they were certainly overmatched. Um, you know, there's a lot of young guys on this team, but there's just as many veterans, so it isn't wasn't really buying much into the inexperience factor here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there's that, and and Vanchek, listen, they didn't play that great in front of them. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, it happens. Things go. Things go that way, and then. You're bringing Akira Schmidt, and Schmidt throughout the season has had his chances to play, but not on a consistent basis. So you never, while you saw what he might do from game to game, you never saw what he did while living an opportunity. And this is the result of that. And I have been a fan of Akira Schmidt 
uh, since we first saw him earlier this year. Uh, you know, I'm not really a fan of, of the other boy that we have. Yes, um, I'm aware. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that 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 changed everything. And then uh, you mentioned it, uh, Noah, that the Game 3 game was a pivotal game. That overtime mm-hmm. goal for me was pivotal. Uh, and my one criticism of Wendy Roth has always been that he does not make in-game adjustments. He might change lines here and there, but he does not make in-game adjustments. And it drives me nuts because it was the same things game one and game two. Couldn't stay out of the box, giving up power play goals, not playing well defensively. And they played, the Rangers played us like uh, Minnesota and Boston did late in the year. So, you know, they to finally went back to tape and said, all right, we got to get a little more aggressive on the penalty kill. We got to be a little bit more, uh, we got to we want to play our game, and which is moving, moving the puck and transitioning uh, to offense as quickly as possible. Uh, once they were able to do that, they seemed to have fun in their groove, and it, it was off to the races. They had a little hiccup there in game six. What well, a nice to close it out, but the toughest game is to win is always the fourth game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Hall, I mean, I can't say enough about him. I was, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I was ready to run him out of town too. Uh, you know, because there's there's a difference between being sneak bitten and just missing. And after a large sample size, you know, he there was no more sneak bitten. So it was getting tough to come around with him. But man, has he proved me wrong uh, in the playoffs? No question about it. And and Mike McLeod, I mean, he's been a killer in the faceoff zone, uh, winning crucial faceoffs for us time and time again. Uh, I can't say enough about him either. So, uh, Timo Meyer, you know, while he wasn't on the score sheet, he did a lot of things off the puck that really helped this team in terms mm-hmm. of setting screens, being physical, getting an eagle or his head, which apparently is the thing to do because it seems like other teams have done it in the past and have been very successful with it. So, um, you know, those are kind of some of the things that I think turn this series around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you look to Akira Schmidt. But the defensive adjustments and the power play adjustments that the Devils made for Game Three that turned this game around and and uh, turned the series around and and helped the Devils take out of that hole that they were in. Yeah, and you know I think it was impressive, like you said, because it was basically a completely different team. I mean, th- their defense the first two games was terrible, like you said. Vanacek was basically left out to dry, and then Schmidt comes in there and. I think it's a you know a factor of a couple things, like you said, the defense was much better. Um, I was really impressed with the. Uh, Devils special teams as well. Uh, but I got to say that the Rangers second line power play is one of the worst things I have ever seen in my life. They were just basically up, you know, once out there, just kill the next 30 seconds of the game. Nothing's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought the Devils, their fight back was very impressive, Ray. And, you know, for a team that, like you said, does have so many young players. I mean, that was a veteran mentality they showed to get back in that series after being down 2 nothing, And, you know, I do think the the lack of scouting, if you will, maybe on Schmidt compared to Vanacek might have uh, given sure. the Devils an advantage. But I will say this, you know, all credit to the Devils. They played great. No quit in New Jersey. How about that? <laughs> but, um, but on the other side, the Rangers were absolutely pathetic in this series. Like, I'm sorry, you, you go out. And look, I got nothing against the Rangers. I respect the Rangers. I don't either. I, you know, I, I picked them to win. I, you know, I thought that, you know, the trades that they made, getting Tarasunk you know, and Kane, they were going all in to make a Stanley Cup run. And you can't even get out of the first round. Like, it just, I mean, the way they blew this series once they're up 2 nothing, 
like, okay, I get, you know, game three was their chance to take a stranglehold, but even then you're still up 2-1, you got home ice advantage, what have you. And then they just got steamrolled the next two games. And, you know, it's like, even when they won game six and it was like, oh, it's, you know, game seven or whatnot, I still wasn't ready to count the Devils out because I knew they had a game like this in them if they played their best. And they just went out and absolutely steamed them. And um, Mick McGrogan says, Mike McLeod for president. Yeah, I like McLeod. Um, I don't know if you mentioned him, Ray, but another guy that I do like on their team, Dawson Mercer. Um, I think he's a good guy. He's been amazing. And he's been like this since jump. Um, Dawson Mercer, you know, his first game last year, he came out just first 10 games was flying. Um, caught a few ruffles here and there, like any rookie does. The kid's 21 years old, man. I mean, it, it, it you know, you're gonna expect things to hit, hit a few bumps in the road, and, and he did, but man, he came through with that shorthanded goal, uh, in game five. And that was that was when you had a, a good idea that they were gonna. Uh, run away with that game, and then you know the ball was in their court at that point. Uh, yeah. To the point with the Rangers, I of of, of the belief that they were sold to bill of goods with, with Patrick Kane. I think that hip is far worse than what they were led on to believe, mm-hmm. uh, because he does not look like Patrick Kane. Um, outside of that, but your other superstars, for lack of a better word, were ghosts. Yeah. And, you know how I, because if you're Jordan Gallant, specifically. If you're Gerard Gallant, how do you excuse that? Mm-hmm. I mean, was Panarin even out there last night? Because I didn't see him at all. It it, it, it was. Mm-hmm. I, I'm concerned if I'm the Rangers. I think there's only three guys on the Rangers team, right, that I think come out of the series with, you know, a sense of dignity that they did their part. The first and most obvious one to me is Igor. I thought he was great the entire series. Sure. Even even the game where you guys steamrolled him in game five, he made like thirty nine saves or something. I thought he was great. Um, he on the bench. Yeah, he was he yelling at the bench. I, I think he played uh, pretty well. Um, yeah. Kreider a had game if it's not for him. Yeah, exactly. Kreider I think had like six goals. He was pretty good, and I think Adam Fox had around eight points. But everyone else, like you said. Panarin invisible. He's making eleven point three. Zabanajad, I think Gar said him invisible. Goal, I mean. Lafreniere, I mean, we were talking with Brian before this playoff series, Garth, and he was like, the Rangers had the third best line in the NHL. Did we even notice him? I mean, Lafreniere had zero points. This is a, a former number one overall pick. I felt that the Rangers' scoring was very top-heavy in this series. They needed guys like Fox and Kreider to carry the load. Once it got past that, like I said, their power play was very, very static past the first unit. Whereas the Devils, okay, you know, they didn't go out and score five goals a game, but they were good defensively, and they scored the goals when they needed to. They scored crucial goals, and in the games that mattered the most, uh, game three, they got the overtime winner, and game five and seven particularly, got four goals in both of those games as well. So uh, two more guys I want to mention before we get to the last question, Ray. Um, Jesper Broad. Um, I really like this guy. I think, you know, I, I know he didn't have a big series in this one, four points in seven games, but I love that guy. I think once he gets going, the Devils offense is going to skyrocket. And another guy, you, you know, I can't go a show without uh, absolutely steamrolling the pins management. John Marino in game seven had two points and was a plus four. We traded this guy for Ty Smith, who Mike Sullivan left in the minors for 75% of the season. Uh, looks like another great Great decision by uh, Penn's management there, but um, 
Yeah. I said some, some sarcasm there, huh? Yeah, you know, it is what it is, man. But all right. So this is the big question. Like we said, last time the Devils did win a playoff series, they went all the way to Stanley Cup Finals. They're playing the Hurricanes in round two. It's not an easy opponent. Nope. But, you know, I will say this, Ray. You know, hopefully I don't jinx you guys on this one. Like I jinxed the Rangers. I think you could beat the Hurricanes. And if you get past the Hurricanes, I don't see teams like the Panthers or Maple Leafs as like these unbeatable gods, right? Like if Boston, you know, had squeaked through, it's like, okay, they're still the favorites and whatnot. But those two teams... You know, their teams you can get through. Colorado's out in the West. That's another favorite gone. Yeah. So what can the Stubbles team really do? Because, you know, we're kind of kind of playing on house money at this point. We don't really know what to expect, you know, past the first round. Things are wide open right now. I mean, the complex of the playoffs completely changed on Sunday night when the Bruins went out and when Colorado went out. Uh, Tampa Bay going out. Sorry, Garth. Tampa Bay going out the day before certainly helps as well, too, because – they can make a run at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this team, you know, I, I think they don't know what they don't know in, with, with regards to playing in the playoffs. And having that mentality is certainly going to help them. I I think this game, this series goes six. I want to say doubles in, in six. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is certainly another series that can go seven games. Uh, and, you know, as you both know, anything can happen in the game seven. So, uh, you know, I, I think that the – this team can go as far as they want because everything is so wide open right now. And yeah, man, could you imagine the Eastern Conference Finals where it's New Jersey Devils and the Florida Panthers? Gary Bettman's head would be absolutely spinning, and I would love every second of it. Uh, but this team can go as far as far as they, they put in the work, you know, because the the opportunity is there. And 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 as I said, the 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 East is now wide open, and it's anybody's for the taking. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, our buddy Brian is a big Rangers fan. Um, right if you saw Brian. the – yeah, uh, the guy who runs Blue Truth, great guy. But um, he texted me right after the Bruins went out, and he was talking about your series, and he was saying, oh, my God, Game 7 is for the East pretty much because he thought those were the two best teams left in it. Um, Garth, do you have any thoughts on the Devils, how far they can go in the playoffs now? Yeah, so – I think that they can definitely get past the Canes because here's the thing with me and the Carolina Hurricanes. Are they a good team? Absolutely. Do they do anything special? No, not really. You know, they've got solid defense. They've usually got good goaltending from non-household names. Um, But, you know, what I saw out of that Islander series is what we keep seeing with these guys every postseason, like all regular season. The hype is to the moon with the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, they're going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. They're the team to beat in the East. You know, they're just – their roster is so good top to bottom. Uh, And then they get in the playoffs, and it's like they just have to barely squeak out these wins. They have to grind, you know, goes right to the the wire. They're not putting up a lot of goals. There's no moments where you're like, wow, these guys are actually really, really good. Is anybody going to be able to beat them? Um, You know, no discredit to the Islanders. They're definitely a playoff-caliber team, but I'm just not big on that roster at all. Not impressed with that series win over Carolina or over the Islanders, rather. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't think the Hurricanes are going to be easy to beat by any means, but I definitely think it's a team that the Devils can handle if they play uh, like they have been. You know, get that good goaltending, play that good brand of hockey defensively on the PK, and I know offensively they're going to put up goals. That's not an issue for this forward group. Uh, So, you know, definitely can get out of this round. Eastern Conference Finals, it really depends on – 
who they play because I'll be honest with you guys right now that they finally got the monkey off their back. I'm very high on this Toronto Maple Leafs roster. The forward group is absolutely insane. The big mm-hmm. guys are really, really stepping up for them. And also, you know, getting good goaltending out of Samson up. He had that one game where he looked really bad against us. And outside of that, he played really good for them. Uh, and even the defensive core, you know, they're not really uh, super stout or crazy on the defensive end of the ice, but they're really contributing offensively as well, guys like Morgan Riley. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see who makes it out of that Leafs Panthers series. I think that really will determine uh, who I would have winning the Eastern Conference Finals. I think there's an opportunity for all four of these teams um, because, you know, like you said, Boston going out and even Tampa going out. I know they weren't necessarily a favorite in that series, but, you know, all the playoff experience, we know what they can do once they get deep in the playoffs. That was another big team gone. And, you know, I think for every team that's left, other than maybe the Hurricanes, they're kind of treading unknown territory, right? Because the Leafs. This is their first time winning a playoff series with that core. First series win since 2004. No one expected the Panthers to beat the Bruins. The Devils, very young core, first playoff series in over 10 years. Um, you know, the uh, the series with the Rangers at best was considered, you know, kind of a toss-up 50-50 kind of series, I think. So I think for the Devils, if they played the defense that they did in the games they won against the Rangers and if Schmidt is on – their offense is better than the Hurricanes. If they can beat the Hurricanes' defense, you know, once again, I mean, the strength of the Hurricanes is their defense. Their goalies can be beat if you can get to that opportunity. If they can play tight defense, which, you know, I mean, once again, it, it's kind of like which devil show up, the ones that won four games or the ones in the, in the losses. Who knows? But I do think if they can beat the Hurricanes, which I'm not, I'm not saying for sure they will, I do think it's a very close series, probably six or seven games. You know, once again, I don't think, you know, they're going up against teams like the Panthers and Leafs. They're like, wow, you know, we got no shot in the series. You know what I mean? I think they could beat anyone that's left. And, you know, if they can get the Stanley Cup Finals, which is a big task, obviously, Colorado's out, which I think was the major favorite. So, you know, it's kind of tough to say, but I do think they can – they have a wide variety of options, in my opinion. They could lose this round. They could win it all. I don't think it's unfair to say either of those things. So, interested to see what they do. Um, crazy playoffs, by the way. This is easily already the best playoff, <laughs> best playoffs I've already ever seen, and that's saying something because the playoffs are already phenomenal. But, Ray, speaking of phenomenal, um, absolutely great appearance uh, by you tonight. Real quick, before we do let you go, any last words you, you want to say to the fans here? Yeah, no, I just thank you guys for having me on. And, and, you know, I, I love to talk. You guys know I love to talk hockey anytime that I can. Um, I really appreciate the few minutes that you're able to give me and, and uh, talk about this, this small market team that is the New Jersey Devils, and hopefully they can continue this run. If not, you know, so be it. There, there's a big window for them. But mm-hmm. uh, thank you for having me on, and it's, it's been a, certainly been a blast to talk with you guys. Absolutely, man. Uh, Garth, do you have any last words you want to say to Ray here? Uh, just thank you for coming on, man. Kind of our uh, number one fan and supporter turned into special guest of the night. So that's really awesome to see. Uh, and, and secondly, for what it's worth, I, I know I doubted you guys in the first round with the Rangers, uh, but I'm definitely full aboard the New Jersey Devil hype train. Uh, yep. You know, just a lot of very likable players, like you said. Ray, a, a small market team, which, you know, despite the success is very similar to my Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and then obviously you guys have my guy, Andre Palat, and it's just impossible not to root for that guy. Ultimate 
ultimate warrior in the sport of hockey. Never been a big name, never been like super popular, hyped up, but the dude just gets it done and, it's done. and he grinds. Yeah. And that's what it's about this time. You're just grinding it out. Which was supposed to double seven last night, even though it cost me all my fingernails. Dude, <laughs> I, I love that picture that guards guards sent me that picture of the uh, plot doing the the celebration when he was in the yeah. lighting and the devils and it looks like literally exactly the same except just a different jersey and a little real different opponents tidbit guys he is kind of the kryptonite for the new york rangers uh because he beat them this year with the devils last year with the tampa bay lightning and i forget which year it was specifically but the last uh postseason appearance the rangers had previously back in oh god what would it have been no like 20 13 2012 somewhere right in there uh he also eliminated them as well god that is, that is so long ago i'm trying to remember it as well but um yeah ray um good luck, it, guys. To, good, good luck to your devils the rest of the way and we'll talk to you again sometime how about yeah, that whenever you need me i'm here absolutely all right man have a good uh, one guys have a good one that was ray leo uh devil super fan and a big fan of the show Talking about his New Jersey Devils. Moving on to the second round, uh, we got a ton more uh, to talk about. Robert Carter saying, what's up? What's up, Robert? How you doing what's tonight, up, man? Um, all right, next. Now, of course, we're going to we're gonna do this first. The President's Trophy curse, Garth. Uh, the Boston Bruins lose in seven games to the Florida Panthers. Um, they were even leading game seven, Garth. They were up three to two with a minute left. They couldn't hold on. Florida pulled Bobrovsky. Or as Jayonra likes to say, Bobrovsky, <laughs> and uh, they score the goal to send it overtime. And then overtime, your guy Carter Verhage skins uh, scores the game-winning overtime goal to stun the Boston Bruins, who were up three-one in the series. They blow that lead to losing seven games. Florida is off to the second round to face the Leafs, as you mentioned earlier, Garth. And I think the main storyline for the Bruins is head coach Jim Montgomery's decision to bench presumptive Vesna Trophy-winning goaltender Linus Olmark in Game 7 for Jeremy Swayman. Uh, Swayman did give up four goals in this game, and the Bruins are eliminated after a, a year where they won 65 games in the regular season, Garth. Um, once again, I mean, playoff hockey, completely different beast. Doesn't matter how many games you win in the regular season. You obviously would know that well. Um and Sergei Borovsky uh, knocked out your lightning in that series, knocks out the Bruins in this game seven. Um, but Matthew Kachuk, 11 points in seven games, plus five, 20 hits, five goals. I mean, he was just, you know, like like he's been in the past few months, just willing the Panthers to victory. Um, what were your main takeaways from, from the Panthers beating the Bruins in this series? Yeah, so unfortunately, you know, the Devils-Rangers series didn't get to catch as much of that as I would have liked because – a lot of the games were on at the same time as my Tampa Bay Lightning, and obviously I'm going to choose to watch my favorite team. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one I did get to catch quite a bit of, and I actually was looking forward to this series because, one, um, I'll be honest, I, I'm not very big on the Boston Bruins, not a fan. <laughs> uh, and, and, two, you know, I know the President's Trophy's curse all too well, like you alluded to there, Noah, with how it affected my Tampa Bay Lightning just a few seasons ago. Uh, I knew that this Florida Panthers team was – sneaky good honestly if they made it into the playoffs they really had a chance i think too many people forgot the fact that hey look this is the team that just won the president's trophy last year they didn't really lose a whole lot from that team obviously they lost their head coach so that plays a factor they lost huberdo but to chuck came in and did not miss a beat actually outplayed huberdo 
uh, almost double the points this season. So, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they lost a, a, a step there in any regard. I think it just took a little bit for them to get going this season. They had that really slow start. Um, a large part of it, from my understanding, is that they completely changed the play style there in Florida. They went from a offensive heavy team to where they're going to score a whole bunch of goals and just hope that they beat you by one or two at the end of the night to a defensive minded team first. And it took a lot of the the roster to get used to playing that style. Uh, and now that they've kind of come together as a whole, they've got quite frankly, two goaltenders that are playing pretty good. I thought Lions was, you know, pretty good early in that uh, series, especially for it being his first time ever in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we know Bob all too well, you know, really, really career good goalie kind of come up short in playoffs over his entire career, but he's also had some big time moments like you mentioned. So he came in game seven, you know, really, really helped them win this uh, uh, series clinching game. Um, you know, you talked about Tachuk, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, another Tampa Bay Lightning transplant, Carter Verhage, he was really, really good. Obviously, the the series clinching goal in overtime to advance them. I thought that uh, Montour played really, really good as well. Lister Reinen played really, really good. Uh, Antoine Lindell, uh, even uh, Barkov played really good, in my opinion. Um, you know, just like I said, no, I, this, you know, I lean towards the Maple Leafs just because I think overall they have a better roster and they finally got the monkey off their back. But Mm -hmm. make no mistake, this Florida Panthers team is honestly really, really sneaky good. They've got a lot of guys who have a lot of playoff experience. They've got a lot of offensive firepower. um, And they've learned to play defense, I think, better than in the past where they have come up short. So I think anything really is possible for this Florida Panthers roster. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, first of all, I think the the Panthers were way better than their record show. They were not a wild card team, in my opinion. They should have been closer to fighting for a divisional spot, but they snuck in the playoffs, and they showed they were a better team than what they showed. I mean, they went down 3-1 this series. They were able to claw back, no pun intended, to get back in the series, uh, win it in seven. And I think what's most surprising to me, Garth, is I personally thought the series would be more defensive than it was, but uh, that was not the case at all. There was absolutely no defense in this series. Uh, the only goalie of the four that played in this series that had above a 900 save percentage was Alex Lyon, and he only had a 902 with a 3.26 goals against average. This series was all about offense, um, multiple point-per-game players. I mentioned Kachuk, obviously, but on the Bruins side, Bertuzio Marchand had 10 points. Uh, Hall had eight points, five goals, and, and was a plus four. But uh, if we look at, you know, some of the box scores in this game, guard, it's pretty freaking nuts what happened. Um, so the first series, first game, Boston won 3-1, to one, but then 6-3 Panthers in the second, 4-2 Boston in, in game three, 6-2 Boston in game four to go up 3-1. Then Florida won, wins game five in overtime. So that's an elimination game. The Boston Bruins had the chance to close that right there. Can't get it done. And then that wild 7-5 to five game in game six, and then 4-3 to three in overtime once again. Two overtime wins for the Panthers guard. They really had to earn this series win. Um, but, you know, I, the Panthers didn't really do anything that surprised us, right? In the regular season, they were a team that once again could score goals, but they gave up a lot as well. But I was really surprised how poor Boston's defense was, how bad their goaltending was. Um you know, Olmark. Now, I know we did mention it, you know, before the series, this is his real first pressure opportunity. What's he going to do? And he didn't look great, but I mean, they put Swayman and he didn't look great either. I think the Panthers were just high flying, man. 
And, you know, it was a big decision by Montgomery to bench Allmark. And, look, you know, th this is the way I look at it, Garth. I think benching a goal like that in a game seven, it's like an NFL coach going forward on fourth down or going for it for two when you're down by one or something. You better get it right. Now, if you get it right, you're going to look like a genius. But if you get it wrong, you're going to look like the biggest jackass in the entire arena. And, you know, I hate to say it, but it look, I like Jeremy Swayman. But, um, and, you know, Omar didn't exactly play great. But was that really the decision? It, it's hard to say. I mean, neither guy did too well. But was there any reason to bench Omar if, if Swayman didn't play any better? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of, you know, and Omar earlier in the series did have some good games. Like, he was good in game one. Um, he was pretty good in game three. Like he just had an absolutely disastrous game six pretty much. Um, but also the defense wasn't great either. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect against the Leafs. I think it's going to be a very close series. I think they're actually playing right now. Uh, and the Panthers are up one, nothing uh, with the goal from Nick cousins assisted by Kachuk and Sam Bennett. So we'll see how that game goes still very early in the first there. Uh, but yeah, Garth, uh, moving on to the next series here, we have the, um, I'm sorry to do this to you, Garth. The Toronto Maple Leafs, as you said, getting that first-round monkey off their backs. Beat the Lightning Game 6 overtime thanks to a goal by John Tavares. Very physical series, as you know. A lot of, uh, shall we say, uh, sketchy or borderline incidents like in this series. 60-plus hits per team each game, Noah. And, I, you know, I got to – unfortunately, I didn't get to watch a lot of hockey the past week, Garth, because I was so busy with school. But I did watch all of game six. And, my God, man, like five minutes in the game, you could tell. Like, this is going to be a bloodbath. They're hitting all over the ice. No shine away from contact. Um, but, yeah, in uh, regulation of game six, Austin Matthews and Steven Stamkos with the goals to send into overtime. And I got to say this, Garth uh, – Perfect game for Ilya Samsonov to decide to just absolutely stand on his head because if he did any less than that, the Leafs probably lose this game. But 31 saves and 32 shots, he was phenomenal. My guy O'Reilly, who I mentioned as the, at the X Factor in the series, had seven points in six games, I believe. He had the game-tying goal with less than a minute left with the goalie pulled in game three, and then he had the game-winning assist, I believe, in game three as well. Um, you know, he had in Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and obviously, you know, the hero is Tavares. Um, really good severe series by them, but you know, let's flip it on our head. You know, obviously, you know, I was trolling you a lot saying go leaps, go and whatnot. Cause I did pick and win this series, but on the other side for lightning, what were your main takeaways? Why did they lose this series? Man, that I've sat around and thought about this, obviously discussed it heavily with some of my other diehard Tampa Bay lightning fans. It's just, it's a really tough series loss to stomach Noah, because you know, outside of that game one where, or sorry, the game two rather, where they came out and just boat raced us from start to finish, you know, I, I think that we outplayed them the majority of the series. There was a lot of games where like, you know, right up until the last 10 or nine minutes in the third period, you know, we outplayed them, you know, spent more time in the offensive zone, uh, had more shots on goal, had better like high danger shots on goal. Um, you know, and then just in the last few minutes, just absolute collapse to let him right back in the game. Uh, 0-3 on home ice, 0-3 in overtime. Obviously, that is not a recipe for success whatsoever. And, you know, you think about it, just win one home game or win one overtime, just be 33% in, out of those games. And we're watching a game seven last night. So it, it, it's just really, really tough. Um, <clears throat> one thing that didn't help us by any means is, 
the Michael Bunting elbow to Eric Chernak in game one late. That took him yeah. out for the entire series. They still haven't disclosed the injury. If I had to guess he probably suffered a major concussion from that. Uh, you know, he, he's a huge part of our blue line and especially important on the PK. Uh, you know, so him going out led to guys like a very good, but very old and kind of uh, one foot out the door, Ian Cole and kind of relief emergency role guy, Zach Bogosian, having to play a lot of the minutes on defense. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately those two guys had a lot of breakdowns where they just let guys wide open in the slot, just hammer a shot at Vasilevsky, um, also, speaking of Vasilevsky, Noah, he did not look himself at all. I mean, there's a lot of goals that weren't really on him where they had like these crazy, ridiculous tips, like three or four feet outside of the net and redirected it perfectly back into goal. But still, you know, I can't excuse every single goal that he let up. And at the end of the day, he ended the series with like an 850 save percentage. Absolutely abysmal, especially by the standards of Andre Vasilevsky and what we've seen out of him in the playoffs. Uh, did come out earlier today that he actually has been uh, playing through an injury since he said game 35 of the regular season. Uh, he said he regrets kind of pushing himself through the pain and and mm-hmm. wanting to play more. And instead of he probably in hindsight should have took the time off to recover and be 100 percent for later on in the season. But, you know, hindsight's 2020. It is what it is. And, and you know, other than that, no, there there really wasn't a lot of. Uh, things in this series where I can point at and go, you know, that's what costed us. It's just we didn't finish games. We didn't come up clutch in overtime. And, you know, just defensively and in goal, we did not play the brand of hockey that you're so used to seeing the Tampa Bay Lightning play, especially in the postseason. So, you know, I, I think the forward core did really well. Steven Stamkos didn't really have the scoring that we're used to seeing out of him. But a lot of other guys stepped up like Corey Perry uh, Ross Colton, especially Alex Kalorin, Noah, that dude was unreal in the second half of that series. The, the last three games, just, you know, scoring or having huge scoring chances, um, you know, just a really, really tough, tough series to stomach to kind of wrap my head around. And on the other side of the things, take nothing away from Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm glad that they finally got that monkey off their back. Their big guns came to play, Noah. Ryan O'Reilly, fantastic. Austin Matthews, fantastic. Mitch Marner's fantastic. Uh, Samsonov played better than I expected in goal. Uh, and, and the defense really chipped in too. Morgan Riley, I think, had like eight points. So, you yeah. know, really, really good performances on both sides. Honestly, just the, the Lightning uh, could not close games out at all. Gave up two multi-goal leads within the last 10 minutes of a game, which is so uncharacteristic of, of this roster. Yeah, what was it? Was it game four where they had like the 4 1 lead with 10 minutes left or something? Yep. And they blew it. Yeah, that was just really not good. Like you said, you know, they, they should have held on to that and it should have gone to seven, in my opinion. But credit to the Leafs. I mean, that's the thing. You know, they didn't lay down and die. They fought back tooth and nail uh, to win that game and, you know, take the 3 1 series advantage. Then they lose game five and people are like, oh, here we go again or whatnot. But game six on the road. Like I said, Samsonov, great game. It was a very tight, physical, defensive game. And they were able... Now, I will say this. The Tavares goal wasn't the best goal in the world you're going to see scored. I mean, it's kind of a weird play where it just kind of pretty much trickled in past Vasilevsky. But you know what? It's a it's an overtime winner, and it's a big one uh, to get them their first series win since 2004. Like you said, Marner, I mean, 11 points and a plus nine. That's just absolutely ridiculous. 
Matthews, nine points, five goals as well. Like you said, Riley with eight points. Tavares, Nylander, O'Reilly, I mean, six-point-per-game players. Garth, that's going to get it done every day of the week. Their top guys got it done, which we've criticized them in the past not being able to do. They also scored six goals in the power play. And like you said, you know, I think there were solid performances by the Lightning, but there wasn't that one guy, right? Not like a, you know, a Kachuk or a Marner that took over. They have a couple guys around point-per-game, like Sorelli and Kucherov. But, I mean, Stamkos, four points in six games. Same same for Braden Point. Both are minus players. Uh, Vasilevsky, 875 save percentage, 3.56 goals against average. I mean, you know, we know that's not what he's about. So, there's definitely some weird stuff and um, that happened in this series. Uh, but moving on to the next series we have, um, you good guard? Did you have to yeah. take an emergency call in the bathroom or something? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, bro. Well, I, I just finished up my thoughts on that. So we can move on right to the next series. Um, another ridiculous upset. I did not see this coming at all. This is honestly, Garth, this is even more shocking to me than what happened to the Bruins because I did say I think the Panthers can at least push the Bruins to six games. I'd love to crack it in. No shot against the Avs. But you know what? Shows what I know because Philip Grubauer absolutely stood on his head in this series, Garth. 926 save percentage, 2.44 goals against average. Against his old team, uh, your guy, Yanni Gord, was the leading scorer for the Kraken as well. And it's kind of a weird series, Garth, because it was so close. I can't really look at the abs and say, you know, they they played terrible. It's just I think the Kraken were brilliant to be able to match the abs offense. Their defense was very good. And I think that Grubauer just slightly outplayed Georgiev in, in that goaltender matchup. Um Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch too much this series, so you know, just kind of watching highlights and, and recaps and whatnot, and getting other people's thoughts on the game. But um, you know, this was a team I think that was really decided by special teams um, because you know the Kraken power play didn't do a lot, but their penalty kill, Garth, eighty-eight point nine percent against an ABS team with all the weapons they have—that's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you can keep the Avs power play in check when they got guys like McCarr, McKinnon, Ranton, I mean, the names go on and on. Now, I know they were injured. I know they came into this without Landeskog and uh, without Nakushkin. And Cogliano did get injured in, I think it was game five of the series, Garth. And uh, I was listening to Paul Bizanet on the intermissions um, report. I can't remember which one, but he was basically saying that Cagliano was kind of their verbal leader last year in the playoffs or something. So a big locker room guy, they lost him. Um, but look, I mean, you know, injuries are part of the game. I think even with those injuries, the abs were still comfortable favorites in this series. So, uh, we shouldn't take away anything from the Kraken because of that. I thought they were absolutely incredible guards. What, what were your takeaways from this series? Yeah, I, I was shocked by this one. Um, because the Avalanche were my favorite in the West, obviously. I just felt that they had the most complete roster, the most talented roster out there in the West. Um, They were able to get in and take a divisional spot despite a lot of uh, injuries throughout the regular season. And, you know, with the Kraken, they have, like, these good, gritty veteran-type guys like a Yanni Gord or an Eberle. Um a young guy like Matty Beneers, they don't really have like a true superstar. I mean, Beneers possibly within the next couple of years, he's still very young and early on in his career, uh, but they don't really have any of these superstar, like household player type name guys. They just got a, a lot of guys who would be honestly like bottom six type forwards on most other teams in the NHL. 
Uh, mm -hmm. And goaltending, you know, was really good for them. But it, it, I feel like it's overachieved all year. It's not really, you know, you're not getting what this guy's been his entire career uh, in goal. So it, it's just kind of like this team is just playing really, really good team hockey. They're not doing anything crazy, you know. They're playing good five-on-five, five, like you said, really good on special teams, especially the PK. Uh, defense has been good. They've been playing good in goal. Uh, so it's like they're they're that team that, that's not going to overwhelm you, beat you, score a ton of goals, but they're also a team that's not going to help you win by making a lot of mistakes. Uh, but still, you know, I was shocked. I thought the Avalanche would win this in like six games. Kraken would put up a fight, but the Avs were just too talented um, too well coached and, and I was wrong. And, and I think that the injuries are part of it, but like you said, no, you can't just completely write it off to injuries and, and this and that, cause it's still playoff hockey. Everybody deals with injury. Everybody loses a key player or two along the way, mm -hmm. just next man up mentality. You got to find a way. And, you know, uh, it's really weird. I think anything's kind of possible for this crack and I could see them getting swept in the second series. I could see them winning in six or seven and advancing. It's kind of, uh, you know, anything's possible type thing here. I didn't get to watch a ton of the series because they were out there on the West Coast and it's just so. Oh, God, the West Coast. To be able to sit down and watch like a 10 p.m. Uh, puck drop game. But, you know, I, I try to do my best. I mostly caught like highlights and recaps like you were saying, um, but just utterly shocked. Like I, I did not see this coming at all. I was much more likely to believe that the Bruins would get upset because of the President's Trophy curse, because the Panthers were sneaky good. This one just I, I did not see coming, man. Yeah, me too. I was absolutely stunned. And I thought even when it got to game seven that the Avs would be able to just, you know, scrape by, survive and advance, move on. March Madness style, but uh not at all. And our good buddy Daniel Pankwe says release the Kraken, yeah. Um, Adam Miller's fired up before he switches teams again in about two years. Um, he's he's loving the Kraken right now, man. But, you know, like I said, I think that, you know, the series wasn't really decided by five on five. I think both teams five on five were pretty good, honestly. I mean, Rantanen had 10 points. Taze had eight points in seven games. You know, McKinnon was point for game whatnot. The top guys, you know, kind of did their thing. They were all plus players. I mean, McKinnon was a plus eight. But, you know, once again, I mean, only two power play goals for this insane abs power play. Um, and the uh, the Kraken 5-on-5 five five was able to match him. And, you know, um, like I said, Grubauer, uh, ridiculous series for him. Can he keep that up? Who knows? But um, for right now, they're moving on to the second round. It's only their second year in existence. So uh, great effort by them. And we're going to have a new Stanley Cup champion this year, which will be exciting to see. But um, uh, Noah, who was it that he was with that had – uh, another pretty solid playoff run. Was it? Was he the tandem with Samsonov with the Islanders? Who? Uh, Grubauer? He was with the um, Avalanche. Pretty sure. On one of those teams that went really deep. Oh, he was also with the Capitals when they won the Stanley okay, Cup. Yeah, 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 that's probably what you're yeah. thinking of. Yep. Um, Dan says it's it guarantees a whole new Stanley Cup Finals matchup. That'll be interesting to see it as sure well. Does. One other thing I meant to mention before I guess I tracked on the whole Grubauer thing, I think with the Avalanche losing, the West is completely open, Noah. Like the, Wide open. Like the East, you know, you could kind of say, like, you know, any of these teams could win it, but these two are mm -hmm. probably the favorites. The West, for me, completely wide open. I could see any one of these teams winning it, quite frankly. I think that both are – 
relatively wide open with Boston out as well. But I agree. I think the West is more, it's like a shot in the dark. Like take your pick pretty much. Um, I don't know who's my favorite. I mean, we'll get into our predictions a little bit later, but yeah, um, (laughs) I was not expecting the abs and Boston to both be out shows, shows how unpredictable these playoffs are and how great they've been. But uh, some other series Garth, that, you know, are, are less historic or whatever, are less surprising, I guess. We'll kind of go over these briefly. Um, Dallas beating Minnesota in six games. I thought Jake Ottinger was absolutely phenomenal in this series. Stood on his head. Edmonton beating L.A. in six. I think they got that prediction spot on. Um, the Oilers' power play in the series, Garth, 56%. Their five-on-five wasn't even that good. I mean, you know, guys, McDavid was a minus one, even though he had 10 points in six games. Uh, They purely won the series because the the Kings could not stop their power play at all. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. I've never seen anything quite like it, to be honest. Um, Caroline being the Islanders in six, which, you know, I think, you know, pretty par for the course. I think, you know, good defensive series or whatnot, but the the, uh, Hurricanes just have a little bit more even though the Isles had the advantage in goal with uh, Sorokin. Um, you know, I think Carolina a little bit more offensively, really good defense. Uh, even though the Islanders have a good defense as well, I think uh, Carolina just barely edged out there, and, and they won the series in six games. And then Vegas absolutely steamrolling Winnipeg. Uh, I didn't think it'd be – I know you got that one dead on. That's one of the ones you got right. I thought Vegas would win, but it'd be in seven games. And they just went out and absolutely steamrolled. It looked like Vegas – or um, Winnipeg, they just looked like they didn't care. And I will say this, I loved, I don't know if you saw, Garth, but Jets coach Rick Bonus coming out in the press conference, absolutely slating his team for, for basically he said they haven't put in any effort since January, which, you know, <laughs> very harsh. But, you know, in an era where we complain about athletes and coaches not really speaking their minds, uh, I thought it was a breath of fresh air. Um, any takeaways from these series that stick out to you here? So actually the very first one, Dallas beating Minnesota, that was the, the one player I wanted to uh, mention just real quick, give like a, a tip of the cap to shout out what be it. Uh, how about, Noah, Mr. Uh, Rupe Hints for those Dallas Stars. Oh, he's so good, yeah. Five goals, seven assists for 12 points, plus three. Only spent 19 minutes time on ice. Uh, and also, I don't remember exactly what game it was. I want to say four or game five, he had a hat trick. Uh, so that was a huge part of those goals. Absolutely phenomenal performance by him. Uh, and the poor Minnesota Wild, man, it feels like these guys are always getting into the playoffs. But mm-hmm. once they get there, they just cannot win a series. I don't know what it is. They just cannot win a series. Uh, Edmonton beating the Kings. You know, I felt like that series was a toss-up. I did slightly lean towards Edmonton. Um but, you know, they won it. They advanced. Connor McDavid was Connor McDavid. Leon Dreisaitl was Leon Dreisaitl. I will say I'm not sold on them whatsoever, though. Still a lot of question marks. Still a lot of moments where I was like, man, this is the same old Edmonton Oilers that we've been so accustomed uh, to seeing. Uh, like I said, same thing with Carolina. The Islanders, you know, Carolina won. They're definitely a very good team. They didn't exactly impress me because there was a lot of very close games where they just barely squeaked out a win. Overtime mm-hmm. wins, um, you know, they didn't really score a lot of goals. Uh, what what be it just – they won, they advanced, they did what they needed to do. They just did not do it in an impressive fashion, in my opinion. Uh, and then Vegas absolutely steamrolling Winnipeg. I thought that Winnipeg would put up, like, some 
sort of fighting on because they do have a, a pretty good roster, at least in terms of the forward core and in net. And just, you know, they, they won the one game, they got the feel good game. And other than that, it was all Vegas in the series. Um, so yeah, just my general thoughts there on all four of those. Yeah. Um, I think these ones were kind of more what we expected overall. I think, you know, Dallas and Minnesota, I think I had Dallas and six there. So I was right on the money for that. Same, same with the kind of Edmonton series. I think I might've gotten all three of these, right? I don't exactly remember. Um, Vegas definitely, um, did better than I thought they would, but, uh, yeah, they were just clicking all cylinders and Winnipeg just looked lost out there pretty much. But, um, now before we get into our predictions for round two, do want to real quickly review our first round predictions. Um, we're doing a scoring format. Garth and I agreed to do this just basically like the NHL scoring format, uh, two points for correct winner and series link one point for just the correct winner. Zero points for the incorrect winner. So, Garth, we'll start with our West predictions. I'll put these up real quick here. Um, okay, so we both picked the abs. I had them in five. You had them six. Obviously, we got that completely wrong because the Kraken <laughs> won in seven games. So, 0-1 right there. Uh, we actually both got Dallas and six spot on, which surprised me when I saw that. But, yep, they did win over Minnesota in six. Um we both picked Vegas. You had them in five, which was dead on. I had them in seven, which was obviously uh, not correct, but they did win the series, so we both get some points there. And then the Edmonton series, you had them in seven, but I was able to get them in six, so slight advantage there. Um, anything that really sticks out to you here, Garth? Um, obviously, you know, Kraken beating Avalanche. Did not see that coming. And also kind of – you know, surprised that the Oilers got it done in six because I mm -hmm. thought that the Kings were going to take them right to the end and it was going to take everything the Oilers had in them. Uh, so they did end up winning in six. They did look, like I said, they looked pretty good in that series, but also still a lot of moments where I was like, oh man, this is the same Edmonton Oilers team that we've grown so accustomed to seeing. So we'll see how, you know, the rest of the <clears throat> playoffs goes for them. Yeah, um, I think we did pretty good here, Garth. Now, this uh, this next graphic, it's going to get a little ugly. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, this one was not as good. So, Boston, we both got wrong, which in our defense, I think a lot of people got that wrong. I had him in six. You had him in five. Florida ended up winning in seven. Um, I did get Toronto right. Uh, we both had this going to seven. I picked Toronto, you picked Tampa, but Toronto won in in six. So I only got one point for that. I did get Carolina in six, correct? You had them in five. And then, as Ray liked to point out to us earlier in the show, we were both wrong on picking the Rangers to beat the Devils. They won that series in seven games. Um, definitely a lot more chaos, shall we say, in the Eastern Conference, Garth. Um, any main takeaways from uh, these predictions? Um, I regret the Boston in five pick. Like I said, I, I had a gut feeling that the Panthers could make it a tough series plus the President's Curse. I guess mm -hmm. I was a little bit too high on Boston getting out of the first round. Um, and other than that, uh, not really. I mean, I am kind of surprised Toronto and Tampa didn't go seven. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the Rangers-Devils was, quite frankly, a complete toss-up series for me. I knew it was going seven. I just didn't really know who was going to come out on top. I gave the slight edge to New York because of the playoff experience um, and the fact that they brought in guys like Kane and Tarasenko. And like Ray likes to remind us, we both were wrong on that. The Devils did pull it off. Yep. 
So uh, credit to the Devils there, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, but with the with the records for the first round, I had a three two and three record. Garth was two four and two. So standings after round one, I have eight points, and Garth is just by me um, in six points. Uh, I'm batting five hundred pretty much, which is considering how chaotic these playoffs have been, Garth. Um, with two of the favorites going out right away. Um, this actually isn't that as bad as it looks. I think it's a pretty decent start. So we'll see if we can continue to build on that as the uh, playoffs progress. But we're going to get right into it, Garth. Second round predictions. Uh, this is going to be pretty tough. We'll start with this series. Against the Dallas Stars. This is a really tough one, Garth. I think this is going to come down to goaltending. Can Philip Grubauer carry over what he did in the first series? And will Jake Ottinger continue to stand on his head against a Kraken offense that showed um, they have, you know, a little bit more depth, I think, than people probably gave him credit for. So what's your thoughts on the series? Where are you leaning? What do you think is going to make the difference here? Yeah, firstly, this is such a tough series to predict because it's like, okay, was the Kraken's first-round series kind of them overachieving? and maybe Colorado not quite playing to the level that they're capable of, or is the Seattle Kraken just playing really, really good hockey, and this is what you should expect from this point out. Um, also, too, Grubauer, you know, he's been a pretty solid goalie over the, the course of his career. Um, I wouldn't say he's quite been, like, elite, but he's always been pretty good and had some moments here and there. I'm still not completely sold on him, like, being able to carry them all the way to a cup, like in carry Price fashion or anything. Uh, but I do think he's going to be solid for them. On the other side of things, you know, Dallas Stars, they've got a lot of good veterans, guys like Pavelski, Ben, Sagan, um, you know, but they've also got some youth that's really, really stepped up, like Robertson, uh, Rupe Hintz, as I mentioned. Jake Ottinger has been absolutely phenomenal since he took over that starting role for, for them in goal. Uh, Miro Heiskanen as well in the defense on the back end. Man, it's such – it honestly is a really, really tough series for me to predict. Uh, I could see this one going either way, kind of like that Rangers-Devil series. Uh, I think I got to go with my gut here, and this is nothing more than my gut feeling. I think the Stars are just going to be able to edge us out because I think they do have a little bit more in terms of overall scoring. You know, there's a lot of guys across the list that can come up with big-time goals for them and produce offensively. Also, you know, I think the goaltending matchup is pretty even, honestly, but I do give a slight edge to Jake Ottinger because I think he's kind of more in his prime coming into his own, whereas Grubauer is kind of that veteran guy who's, you know, had his moments, been there, done that, but he's also can't carry the load every single night for you anymore type of guy. Uh, but I think it's going to go the distance. I think it's going to be uh, stars in seven. Well, Garth, um we're right on the same page for that because I also have the stars in seven. I think this is a very even series. Um, and I don't want to sell the crack in short, which is why I do have it going to seven games. I just think this is really tough. I mean, obviously, you know my opinion on Andre. I think he's an absolute animal. He showed that in the first round. Um, I think Georgiev was fine for the Avs, but um, I think Ottinger will have more of an impactful role in this series. Dallas still has a really good offense. You mentioned some of the names there. And the main thing for me is will Philip Grubauer be able to carry over what he did in the first round? Because that definitely was very surprising. I think he'll still have a decent series. I don't think he'll quite be as pretty much world-beating as he was in the first series. We had a 926 save percentage. 
I think, you know, maybe falls down to 9, 10, 9, 15 or something, which is still solid, but will probably not be enough to beat the Stars. But it is very close, which is why I also have it as Stars in 7. Now, the next series, Garth, can I just say, by the way, before we go any further, all of these series are insanely difficult to predict. There's none of these series I'm looking at and saying that's the clear favorite, not like in round one. Um, and even round one, it was like, I mean, the Panthers were the old eight seed, and it didn't feel like they were an old eight seed as all. Same with the Islanders. Like, this is this was just nuts, Garth. But the Knights and Oilers, um, I guess I'll go first on this one. I have the Oilers in seven, mainly because I, I think it's a very evenly matched series. I think uh, both teams have uncertainty in net. Both teams, I think Vegas has a better defense. Um but the thing is, Vegas has an offense with a lot of solid players, but I don't think they quite have that elite edge. Whereas with the Oilers, you have McDavid, you have Dreisaitl, um, Evan Bouchard, by the way, in the first-round series. My God, man, he was a key part of that power play. is absolutely destroying the Kings. Um, you had in, uh, Nugent Hopkins as well. Uh, I think they'll just have a little bit too much offense. I think it's very close because I do think the Knights have a better defense. And they will be able to slow the Oilers' offense down more than most teams could. But with both teams having uncertain goaltending, like like if Vegas still had, you know, Flurry from how he was playing three years ago, I'd pick the Knights in six. Easy. No doubt. But because I don't have much faith in either team's goaltending, I got to give the edge to the team with the slightly better offense and that superstar power, which is the Oilers. So I'm going the Oilers in seven in this one. Yeah, this is another really, really tough one for me to pick, Noah. Uh, you kind of said a lot of what I was thinking. You know, I think I think the Knights play better defensively. Um, their forward group is good, but it doesn't have the star power, the one guy that can, like, truly carry the load scoring-wise, like the uh, Edmonton Oilers have in Dreisaitl and McDavid. Um, mm-hmm. Goaltending for me, for the Oilers, not sold at all. Um, that first series was kind of a roller coaster ride of, of goaltender play. And, you know, the Vegas Knights, they have, uh, they don't really have a, um, a proven commodity, if you will, yet in goal. They've got a promising guy, but in, in Thomas, but, you know, nothing for sure proven or, or super experienced by any means. Um, I think I got to agree again, though. I think it's Oilers, but it's going to go seven. It's going to be, a very back and forth, evenly matched. I think really the only like one advantage I can hang my hat on and feel really confident is that the Edmonton Oilers forward core as a whole is just so, so good at scoring goals, really, really good on the power play. Um, I think that'll be enough to kind of just edge them by in this second round matchup. Yeah, but once again, I mean, another series we both have going seven games. It's really could go either way, in my opinion. Um, as some idiot on a motorcycle uh, goes speeding by outside um, for some playoff hockey. He's hey man, <laughs> that's like my version of your dog Rufus going nuts, man. You got to have some redneck on a motorcycle go by, but um, Florida Panthers after knocking out the Boston Bruins going up against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now I will say this Garth, it's really good for Toronto that I think Boston went out because Boston is one of those teams that all the times they knocked out the Leafs, I think we have a mental edge over them. But because it's the Panthers, I think that gives the Leafs a little bit more hope. This uh, this series, once again, like, oh, my, you know, who do you want to pick? I know they're playing right now. I think it's still one nothing Florida. But 
uh, you know, seven game series, much, much bigger than one game, Garth. Um, where are you leaning in this one? Because another, once again, this is another one of those toss up kind of seesaw games here. So many like intangible X factor things to contemplate in the series. Um, you know, can Samsonov continue playing really, really good in goal? Uh, because as we know, his playoff history is bad. Kind of his whole career is kind of middle of the pack, slightly above average, never been like an elite on top of the, the crowd type goaltender in the NHL. Um, and that's why he found himself in Toronto in the offseason. Um, but on the other side of things, you know, you could say, well, are the Florida Panthers going to kind of get hung up and carried away that they just had like one of the greatest upsets in all time and, and kind of not get off of that emotional high and not really play their best in the series. Same thing for Toronto. You know, they finally got past the first round. Are they going to kind of hang their hats and be happy with that? Or are they going to come right back wanting more and play absolutely as hard as they did against Tampa Bay? Um, I guess I would say this, Noah. I'm definitely rooting for the Florida Panthers. They could be really, really good for the sport of hockey, especially down in the south where it's nowhere near as big as the northern states and especially Canada for the mm -hmm. Panthers to win and keep kind of this Cinderella run going. Um, but my gut says the Maple Leafs win another series because the roster is loaded with talent. The forward group is really, really good. The guys that they need to play well in the forward group are playing really, really well. Mitch Marner, dude, that guy is so good. He does not get enough credit, in my opinion, because Austin Matthews is kind of like the guy there in Toronto. Uh, but he leads the team in scoring. Absolutely phenomenal on the penalty kill. That's something that does not get mentioned enough with this guy. He is so, so disruptive to an opposing team's penalty play. Uh, and then you have Ryan O'Reilly, tons of playoff experience. John Tavares as well, another guy who doesn't really get maybe as much credit as he's due because he's been there so long uh, and people are just so accustomed to seeing him there. Um defense a little bit of a question mark there because they had some really bad like head scratching moments against Tampa that led to goals, especially mm -hmm. Justin Hall, but it looks like they've benched him uh, due to it. Um, you know, Morgan Riley's been really, really good offensively. Even Mark Giordano, you know, not crazy stats or anything, but he's been effective and been active in the, the offensive zone. Um, I think it's going to be another really good series, but my gut is saying Toronto in this one. Uh, and this is going to be my first series in six games, Toronto 4-2 over the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I think um, – so, sorry, I tuned out there for a second guard. Leafs in six? Yep, Leafs in six. All right, gotcha. I do think the Leafs will win as well. I don't have it in six. I think the Leafs win this series in seven games. I think it's another hair-splitting series. I think, you know, both teams with question marks in net. But Samsonov is coming off, you know, a very good game in Game 7. Maybe that'll get his confidence going. Um, I just think Toronto has a little more superstar offense, in my opinion. I think, you know, with Florida, it's Kachuk. And, you know, other guys are playing well. Like, Barkov's been pretty good for Higgy's been great. You know, Montour in the defense has been great. And I love Sam Reinhardt, right? But with Toronto, I mean, you, you know, you, you mentioned some of the guys. You got Matthews, Barner, Nylander, Tavares, Morgan Riley, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, you know, when Matthew Nice has been playing really nice, good. Yeah, I've liked him, the Minnesota kid. He's been, you know, he's had his moments coming in. Um, look, when Michael Bunton's not being a friggin' moron and trying to injure people, die, making dumb plays, diving all over the place, he, he's a decent player as well. So, um, 
I just think they have a little bit more offense. I do think it's another series that's very close, but I do have the least in seven once again. Um, all three of the my predictions so far um, in seven games. But I am going to break that trend for this one. Um, I have a team winning this series in six. I do think it go to seven again, but I'm going to lean towards six in this one. Um, I am going to pick um, – so Ray can't troll me for this one. I am picking the New Jersey Devils to win this series in six games for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Akira Schmidt is in the form of his life. If he can keep that up, that's a big advantage for the Devils. Their defense has been incredible in the games they've won. If they can keep that up – and this is – a Carolina team that isn't really known for offense, right? They're known for excellent defense. So this isn't going to be like what the Devils had to do in the first round where they're having to defend, you know, so much superstar talent that in the games where the Rangers won, they can just go off in an instant. It's 3 nothing after like five minutes. They're not going to have to worry about that against a team like the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are a team that want to play a defensive game, which in my opinion works in the Devils' favor. I think this is actually a better matchup for the Devils than the Rangers were. I think the Rangers were a tougher opponent um, for the Devils than the Hurricanes will be. I think the Devils have a little more top end offense. You know, you know, we mentioned the the names earlier in the show, but guys like Hughes, I think Brock can still get going, um, and other guys as well like Mercer and McLeod. You know, will chip in a little bit as well. And Timo Meyer is going to get going, right? Like he's not going to get held, held off the score sheet forever. Like he's eventually going to start to make an impact as well. Um, but you know, the defense was solid. I think if, if guys like Hamilton and um, Hamilton can chip in offensively, um, whereas the other guys hold it down defensively, I think it's you know close series once again. I think it could go seven, but I am going to go Devils and six in this one. What about you? Yeah, you kind of summed up a lot of my expectations, thoughts, opinions on this one, Noah. Like I said earlier in the show, I'm not sold on this Carolina Hurricanes team. I'm not huge. I'm not on board their hype train. Um, you know, they just kind of have this history of playing lackluster hockey where they kind of like lull you to sleep, make you uh, commit a big penalty or a big mistake, and then they take advantage to get like a one-goal lead, and then they just play to hold it type deal. Um, and just the, this core group of guys that's been there under Rob Brindamore the past three, four seasons, they just, they kind of have this history of just coming up short in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, last year, the meltdown against the Rangers, the year before they were looking like a machine. And then they came up against my Tampa Bay Lightning and they beat them like pretty handedly in six games. Um, you know, it's just, I, I, I'm not sold on this team, Noah, until they actually make me have to believe it. Uh, and then, like you said, the New Jersey Devils, they're just just—they're kind of like the Rangers of last postseason where it's a team a little bit ahead of schedule. They're the hot hand. you got to roll with them. I think as long as they continue to have good goaltending and just play around that, the offensive core is, is great. The defense gets it done really, really good on the PK, which I like because the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that are looking to uh, get on the power play to kind of try and even out that balance of them not having like a high-scoring potent offense. Um, so I think this is a really, really good matchup, a good recipe for success for the New Jersey Devils, unless they just have some kind of absolute meltdown where the goalie uh, play spirals out of control. They you know, are committing stupid penalties, can't stay out of the box, just like not playing their style of hockey. I, I don't see how, why not can they win this series. Um, I'm kind of torn between six or seven. Um but I think for the sake of being down two points now and, and needing like one series to at least tie up with you, 
Mm-hmm. I think I'll go New Jersey in seven on this one. All right. Well, hopefully that works out for you as about as well as it worked out for me in Sweet Tea when I had to, <laughs> to, to do that because did not go well. But yes, to recap, Kraken Stars, both Garth and I have stars in seven. Knights Oilers, we both have Oilers in seven. Panthers Leafs, uh, Garth has Leafs in six. I have Leafs in seven. And then Devils Hurricanes, Garth has Devils in seven. And I have Devils in six. So, Ray, if your Devils do lose, apologies. Uh, We jinxed them. But, hey, we jinxed the Rangers last year for you. So, you know, everything evens out in the end. But, yes, uh, that is going to do it for another episode of Pucking Around. I'm going to get off here probably try and catch at least some of the playoff hockey here. But uh, before we do get off, Garth, do you have any, you know, last words you want to say? Just a huge thank you to everybody that tuned in tonight. Uh, really cool to get Ray on here, resident New Jersey Devil fan. Uh, really cool to see kind of uh, people who are fans of other small market teams, Noah, uh, because like I said earlier in the show, obviously they're a little bit more well-known now because of the recent playoff success in Stanley Cups, but at the end of the day, the Tampa Bay Lightning are still a small market team. When you think about other teams like the Canadians or the Maple Leafs, even teams like the Rangers, um, you know, there, there's teams out there with much, much bigger fan bases and kind of just like a general larger following and, and support network around them. Um, and uh, just I hope playoffs continues to be as exciting as it's been because this has been absolutely crazy. It, it, it kind of follows suits with uh, March Madness this year. No, absolutely crazy March Madness. All kind of the favorites, the top seeds going down early, making it a wide open race. Anybody's best guess kind of following suit here in the NHL playoffs. So it's really cool to see. Um, And also, too, Noah, one other thing, not playoff news related, but still NHL related. Uh, Next week is the the lottery for the NHL draft. So we are going to see who wins the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So that'll be really, really cool. I believe that's the 10th, which might be one day Mm -hmm. after our show. Uh, But if it does fall in time for the show, that'd be really cool to talk with everybody here about Connor Bedard. But, uh, yeah, just huge, huge thank you to everybody that tuned in tonight, uh, commented, liked the show, shared it, whatever. Uh, you know, you guys make the show. And, and then, obviously, too, thank you for being on here, Ray, and, and my good buddy and co-host Noah as well. Really good show tonight. Really excited for hockey in general. Absolutely, man. Really good show. Yo, might have to see if we can try and push that show back a day if it's on that Wednesday because – uh, a live reaction to draft lottery would probably be too good to pass up. We'll have to see what we can do for that. But regardless, uh, real quick before we do get off here, got some score updates here. It's 2-1 Florida now with about uh, eight minutes left in the second. Uh, goal by Sam Bennett uh, to make it 2 nothing assisted by Ekblad and Kachuk. Uh, so t- two assists for Kachuk, Kachuk in this game. But then a guy you just mentioned, Garth, Matthew Nyes, with his first playoff goal assisted by Matthews and Riley to make it 2-1. Only 11 seconds after the Bennett goal. So we'll see what happens in that game. But till next time, uh, this has been your, your host and uh, resident suffering Penguins fan, Noah Dog Diabler, <laughs> with my co-host and good buddy, Garth Charger Patrick. We'll see you next time. Until then, enjoy your playoff hockey. Stay safe and keep pucking around. We'll see you next time. <laughs>